You're listening to a BGE podcast. Friends and family gather round and fire up the barbecue. Let the smoke waft and float. That's what we're gonna do. Welcome back to another episode of the Blind Grilling Experience. My name is Chris Peltz. I am the most interesting griller in the world. We got an exciting episode for you today with a special guest we'll get to in just a moment. But we're going to be talking about some opportunities, perhaps, that might be available for some of those who are blind or visually impaired to learn about gardening and getting started and all that. Stay tuned. Cause if you're looking, you ain't cooking fire up the barbecue. Fire up the barbecue. Welcome back and appreciate everybody tuning in and listening to the Blind Grilling Experience. So excited today to introduce to you somebody who's got an organization down in uh, and near Selma, Alabama, who is interested in getting folks started in gardening, growing their own foods, and realizing that uh, things don't just come from the grocery store, uh, but if you put in the effort and uh, willing to work at it, you can grow your own food and vegetables right on your own property Regardless of how big or how small it may be, there's an opportunity for you. And so let's get into talking with Mr. William Bowman. Sir, how you doing good. today? Yeah. I am doing good. I appreciate the opportunity to be uh, on your on your podcast and get the message out about healthy eating and how to grow your own garden, being visually impaired or blind. Yeah, absolutely. And and so why don't you just go ahead and tell us, first of all, because you are visually impaired yourself. You've been through quite a bit uh, in your years as far as your vision loss and vision journey. And so if you want to kind of run through that a little bit for us so folks know kind of where you're at and what you've been through. Well, yes, I'll be glad to do so. I am legally blind. I have vision in one eye only. And it's uh, 2100, which classifies you as legally blind. Can't see anything out of my right eye. I have uh, had 44 eye operations ranging from cataract surgeries to glaucoma to retina detachments to corneal transplants, um, all these different kinds of things. Never to give me better, you know, I had all these operations not to give me better vision, but to save what vision that I do have left. And that's kind of where we are right now. I have vision and and one eye, and and it's been quite a journey. You know, I have uh, had to have strong faith in God, and had to have uh, good people surrounded about around me to be able to accomplish the things that I have been able to accomplish. But uh, we have been able to accomplish quite a bit throughout my uh, my 57, 58 years of life here. Yeah. And of course, uh, you're you're kind of out on a uh, farm, got some acreage, and so you're used to uh, working uh, when it comes to that aspect of things, anyway. But you've also, you know, been able to do it without perfect vision, right? Being blind, visually impaired. I mean, you've been able to maintain that thing, those things. That's correct. Uh, my dad is when he was alive, he uh, always taught me, "Don't look at." Uh, your disability, get out there and do, uh, look mm-hmm. at your abilities kind of thing. You know, he'd put me out there in the middle of everything. 
And I think that's good for people. You know, you need to get out in the middle of stuff and run in the walls and find out where those barriers are and work around those barriers. And so I actually started with my granddaddy when I was nine years old. He wanted me to see how to raise gardens and how to raise uh, fruits and vegetables and things that we like to eat. And of course, my grandmother at the time was big on canning. So she, mm-hmm. everything that was raised, and he, he had about a five acre, acre garden and he sold stuff you know, to uh, local grocery stores. And uh, we raised everything from corn to tomatoes, to pole beans, to corn, uh, mm-hmm. basically everything you'd want to raise in there. We had one, we had some muscadine vines in the yard. We had apple trees, pear trees, fig trees, all that kind of stuff just around his house. And growing up with that and then seeing how they would take the stuff and actually can it. My grandmother would uh would can it. Of course, my my job would be actually helping my granddaddy pick it and plant yeah. it and do all that kind of stuff. And so, uh, starting at nine, I was out there. And of course, he gave me the opportunity to help sell the stuff and make me a little money uh, each summer, so that I would be able to buy my school clothes with. And every summer, that was my job. I got out there and it helped him, and we would raise enough watermelons, cantaloupe, stuff like that to sell where he'd have enough money for himself, but then he would pay me some or give me an opportunity to make enough money where I would have enough money to buy all my school clothes. And that's how I learned the value of money because I was like, okay, I got maybe $200 here to spend. I'm going to make it go as far as I can. So, you know, I'd buy my shoes and clothes and all that kind of stuff, books, yeah. whatever I need to go back to school the next school year term. <laughs> and, uh, and so that was a that that was a that was a, that was a job. I made my money and had an opportunity to buy what I wanted to be able to buy. But and you also talking good. about healthy eating, <laughs> yeah. I got to eat good. That's what I was going to say. You know, there there is nothing better than going out and picking you a uh an ear of silver queen sweet corn in the afternoon, bringing it in, shucking it, uh, and boiling it and eating it right out the field. I mean, yeah. and a homegrown tomato that's sun ripened. There ain't nothing better than a homegrown tomato sandwich for lunch. Oh, you got that right, man. That's there. I mean, there's such a huge difference. People who don't know, just I mean, they don't know, right? <laughs> uh, when it they don't especially know. they yeah. have no clue. <laughs> oh man, I mean, they think that eating a tomato at a grocery store is where they grow at, and they and that's how they're good. But yeah. no, they I don't care how many tomatoes you buy at a grocery store. They ain't not one of them. Part of my 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 English is not real good. I'm uh, I'm I'm countryfied, but I'm saying a homegrown tomato is is that sun ripened that you just picked yeah. off of the vine. Uh, beets one has been stored in a greenhouse and then and stored or raised in a greenhouse and then stored in a freezer and then brought out and hopefully ripened up automatically by pressure lights and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's not the same as one that God ripened up. And uh, that's something else too. You know, I've noticed how my plant plants grow. You can water something for a week or two with a garden hose and it just sits there. You let a good rain come from heaven that tomato plant, watermelon plant, whatever jumps like overnight yeah. is like somebody just shot a, a dose of fertilizer or something to it. Oh yeah, and he did. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, and it, and it grows quick and and it's a whole lot better. But uh, yeah. Uh, and speaking of, t- there was a country song written by Guy Clark years ago called "Homegrown Tomatoes," and yeah. it's like homegrown tomatoes, homegrown tomatoes ain't nothing better than a homegrown tomato. Yeah, only two right. things that money can't buy, and that's true love and a homegrown tomato. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. 
<laughs> oh man, I tell you, that's I, I look forward to every year. Of course, we we can tomatoes and and uh, we we do all that from our garden and from my in laws' garden. And there's there is no substitute, absolutely no substitute for homegrown when it comes to tomatoes for sure. Um, yep. And and you you for this is your second year. You actually have a program that you've been that you've started. You're on your second year, uh, and that is really trying to get folks involved in gardening, in growing, and uh, being able to uh, not only be independent but just just have that confidence, right? That comes with knowing that hey, not only did am I eating healthy, but I actually got, I was able to grow this myself. That's exactly what we want to try to do. And it goes back to during the COVID time when we was on the shutdown and we couldn't all get out, go here, there, and yonder. Two, uh, you know, I got, I was sitting around here thinking one day, I said, well, you know, I need to kind of go back to the way we did things in the old days. Uh, well, well, my granddaddy, we need to plant our own garden. You know, whether it be in the backyard on a like a small scale, like 20 by 40 or a whole acre or something, you know, we need to kind of go back to that 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 scale of uh, where we can go. If we can't get to a grocery store, we can walk out in the yard and pick it off of the vine ourselves or go out and pick. We decide we want a peach. If we got a peach tree, we can go pick it off, of, pick it off of the tree. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Looking at all of that, I decided, well, we need to, within my organization, we need to specially design this for people that are visually impaired. So I got to think, I said, now what all do I do that's different than any other body that was cited that could go out and do the same thing? And I'm like, well, I'm really not doing anything that much different, except with maybe how I'm laying things out and how I'm measuring things using larger print rollers. uh, using PVC pipe to use as guides to know where my rows are going to be, signage uh, in large print so I know where my tomato rows are versus my row of corn. You know, uh, you know, uh, I've done stuff like that. And then uh, with my fruit trees, I've had to, uh, you know, use some orange tape to uh, tape on the tree so I know which was the difference between a tree and a root uh, weed that might be growing up. So when I'm cutting the grass, uh, I won't cut the tree down. Yeah. Because uh, when you plant a tree, it takes three to four years before you start, uh, you know, being able to harvest any fruit off of it. Same thing with grapevines and other things like that. Now, the seeds that you plant, you know, you can you can just get that during the growing season, like your corn, tomato, you know, and when you plant a tomato plant, you'll get your tomatoes in 60 days or whatever. And so depending on what variety that you use. Mm-hmm. And there's so many varieties of all this stuff. You kind of decide to decide what is your favorite variety. Uh, like with a corn, a sweet corn, and our ear has always been the silver queen corn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and then, of course, with tomatoes, uh, the big boy, better girl, and all that used to be the big queen of tomatoes. And now it's kind of like your pork whopper and beef steak and beef master and these other different kind of hybrid names that, that popped up. But in raising a garden, the first thing you need to do, you need to create, you need to find you a good source in your yard. It's got good sunlight, good drainage for water, um, something that's easy to till up. But before you do any of that, before you put a tiller in the ground, you need to do a soil test and see what all that your soil is going to need to be able to raise a good garden. And a lot of times uh, people get so... uh, 
happy about doing it, they don't, they miss some steps. Mm -hmm. And you need to really start with that soil test before you do anything and, and go with it from there. And then when you get your soil test results back and it tells you what kind of lime you need or fertilizer you need and all that, then you, uh, you also specify on that form that they give you. For, and you get all this stuff from your local extension agency too, by the way. Nice. Um, and they're usually through the that. universities, right? So like a farmer's co-op or a, a or an extension office, um, which usually is somehow affiliated with universities when they run those right. tests. Most, most every county should have the have a uh, an extension service, yeah. an extension service cooperative or a farmer's co-op. And you can get all your information basically from there or you can Google information. You can go on YouTube. You can go... Uh, uh, I mean, nowadays you, you don't even have to leave your house to get information. I mean, is this that good? Yeah, yeah right, right. The soil test does have to be sent off to a university or a lab somewhere to be able to see what uh, what what is what your soil is lacking uh, and what it needs uh, and what it don't need. You know, because mm -hmm. you don't want to overdo anything. And uh, but the main thing is you want to have a want to make sure your garden's going to have good sunlight and going to have uh, some some drainage. You don't want to have things sitting in water because then you got you got root rot and stuff going to occur from there. And then after you get your seeds, your your till, your land tilled up real good. Uh, uh, and here again, you know, depending on how big you want something, you can raise stuff on a patio, you know, in some raised beds. You don't have to be just all out in the backyard. You don't even have to uh, have fancy uh, tools to do some stuff. I mean, you get some pot and soil. Uh, you know, a lot of people uh, make the mistake of buying over overpriced stuff, you know, uh, mm -hmm. with, with this kind of thing. And you can go in debt real quick on the garden, I can tell you that. Yeah. You can <laughs> yeah. spend as much money as you want to and still not reap anything. And mm -hmm. so, uh, but the satisfaction you get out of doing something is recreational and therapeutic to know that you was able to get out and do something. To me, it is. I always feel better when I'm accomplishing something than when I'm just sitting around, you know, thinking up all these things. Right. And to be able to share the stuff with people, that's even better because they're like, well, man, I didn't know you could raise this. Or uh, how did you do this? Uh, you visually impaired or you you got an eye problem, you shouldn't be able to do anything, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, but I was trained. I know how to do what I got to do. <laughs> yeah. So so if somebody so that, wants that to get started, something. if somebody wants to get started in, in raising a garden, you know, um, and maybe they have a smaller area, maybe a patio, and they're going to do some of the planters or a raised garden area, what, what are some of the plants that you recommend they get started with? Well, some of the things I would recommend is things that you would like maybe for a salad. Uh, you might want to try some tomatoes first, bell pepper. Uh, a lot of people like to raise herbs, uh, you know, different types mm -hmm. of herbs and spices and peppers. And uh, uh, there's some people that might want to raise, uh, uh, you can raise some cucumbers in a raised bed. You can raise... Uh, uh, I'm trying to think right off the top of my head, uh, you know, all different kinds of of uh, of of vegetables in there. You could probably raise some squash, yeah, uh, plant plants in a bed. And here again, you know, if you got some good pot and soil, I actually did a flower garden project and a plastic swimming pool. 
that I got from Dollar General, I think it was like $8. I was, hey, got it for some cats to swim in, and the cats never did want to get in there. I said, well, dang, I'm going to put some dirt in here and see what I can grow. So I actually put uh, a bunch of potting soil in there and made my mother a flower bed. Yeah, okay. <laughs> out of a uh, of a eight dollar plastic swimming pool so <laughs> you know and i actually got the idea from a friend of mine who said they had tried to raise some watermelons in a uh, in a plastic swimming pool i never did get the outcome of what they did out of that or saw a picture of what they did so i don't know if it if it worked out for them or not but yeah. i do know that uh it, it can be done because i've got it done now and i'm gonna try to upload a picture of that uh, to my Facebook page or to my uh, uh, VIP page. And, of course, my personal page on Facebook is William Bowman, and then the uh, Facebook page for VIP is VIP Organization Incorporated. Yeah, and that's the, the VIP Organization Incorporated. That's something that um, it, it, it used to just be visually impaired people. Uh, I think when you started that page, then you changed the name once you got the organization going, um, and and I've been following it for for a while, and um, it recently is what got my attention when you posted on this this new phase that you're in right now, and in uh, getting the garden started and and uh, trying to get folks involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that was a key component of it. Is we wanted to be able to create an educational opportunity for people to blind and visually impaired that they could come and learn from the actual project and see stuff in action and growing and how we got started growing it and then teach them how they could do some of the same stuff in their yard or in uh, if they had land that they could do it. You know, there are some blind farmers out there mm-hmm. uh, that are doing stuff on big scales. You know, I'm talking about. 10, 20, 100 acres, 1,000 acres probably. Uh, you know, so there's people that's making a living off of uh, off of the farm. And what we're trying to do is educate people about healthy eating and how it's more healthy to eat, uh, knowing where your food's come from as opposed to not knowing where it's come from, not to not the grocery store because that's a, that's a beneficial place to go be able to get stuff. Your local farmer's markets during this time of year is the best place to go buy from actual local farmers uh, yeah. in your area uh, to get your fresh uh, fresh stuff. Now, a lot of times these folks will tell you that they raised it and they really didn't. They went to another farmer's market and bought it and it came here from California. You don't always know all the real details, but uh, yeah, because uh, everybody yeah. is so money hungry. But uh, but the thing is, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's another aspect of it. But the yeah. thing is, I think people need to know and see and feel where the, how it's grown and what goes behind getting it from the field to the fork. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and which is a great point. And, and I actually want to kind of crush some spirits of some folks right now, because <laughs> some people, they, they look at Amish raised and think, oh, that's got to be the absolute best organic, no chemicals or anything like that. And that couldn't be further from the truth. I've been to a lot of Amish markets. I've talked to a lot of Amish who do the gardening and, and are doing large scale uh, planting and things. And they're using chemicals. They, in fact, they'll use a lot more chemicals than a lot of the local farmers are using who go to the farmers markets. And so don't just automatically assume, oh, because it's an Amish farm or an Amish raised True that it's there's no chemicals or anything on it no they they they're still doing that so uh ask well, questions well, the thing is 
the world has gone to where you have to use a chemical for this and this yeah. and this and this and this. I mean, I, 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 I had some people from Auburn University come over here uh, 40 years ago, or 35, 40 years ago, uh, to work with me and my dad on some projects. And they were like, well, you need a herbicide for this. You need a fungicide for that. You need this, that, another. You need these, these trees. These plum trees need to be sprayed with this kind of chemical. Uh, so many times they're like every 10 days, you know, if it mm-hmm. rains, you got to start over again. You're going to have black rot. You're going to have worms. You're going to have all this stuff in there. I'm like, I don't want all these chemicals. How can I live without the chemicals? So you'll never be able to produce the fruit that you need unless you use chemicals. And I'm like, well, what about the chemicals causing cancer? Like Roundup, you got to use Roundup to kill weeds with and grass around trees because they won't grow. Unless you go out there with a weed eater and you weed eat yourself to death uh, every day, you know, uh, and in the rain, you got to go back and start all over again. You have to use fertilizer. Well, fertilizers have chemicals in it. You can't just use cow manure all the time. Now, years ago, I'm going to go back 25 years ago when I first started raising tomatoes just as an individual myself, all I used was some cow manure that I went out and dug up out of my catch pen where I had cows in there. And I'd put the cow manure and mix it in with the dirt, plant my tomatoes, and man, I'd had the biggest uh, tomatoes and prettiest plants. And then as years gone by, all these different viruses and bugs and pests come in that was uh, killing my plants. Mm -hmm. And we never could figure out exactly what it was. And, uh, the guy was like, well, you need to be using this chemical and that chemical. And I'm like, Good, goodness, goodness, because I don't yeah. want to be putting all these chemicals in my body. And next thing you know, you hear every commercial on TV now, Roundup is the biggest killer. <laughs> of you dying with cancer from using it. And I'm yeah. like, well, we've used Roundup. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Do I have cancer? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I do know this. Uh, from hearing a song, uh, I keep going back to music. It seems like uh, music is kind of uh, uh, a therapeutic thing for me, but it's also educational. I heard a guy telling the story. He said, well, uh, a cow was out eating the grass, and then the grass got in the cow system, and then the cow died, and then you ate the cow, and then you ate whatever the cow ate. Yeah, yeah. And you don't think about all that. That's right. That's right. And so after hearing that song, it got me to thinking before everybody went so germ conscious on uh, on everything. When I use my tools now to garden with, mm-hmm. I will wash the tools with, but with not soap and water and Clorox, but I'll wash them off real good with uh, with uh, uh, with water. And then I will wash my hands good before I plant my seeds. And then after I planted my seeds, I, you know, I'll wear gloves. That's something else I tell people. Don't be afraid to wear gloves mm-hmm. because gloves will protect you from fire ants. They will also protect you from being stung by bees, but they'll also protect you from germs. Yeah. And the other thing I tell people to do is wear safety goggles and a mask to prevent the dust from getting up your nose and causing you to get a sinus infection. And so, uh, and you don't want to, if you're using chemicals, you definitely don't want to uh, inhale any of that stuff and you don't want the sprays going back in your eyes. So definitely wear some safety goggles when you're doing your gardening stuff. Right. But going back to planting a garden, after you get everything tilled up and your seeds in the ground and planted, you pray over and say, Lord, let let my seeds come up. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, you may have to go to using drip irrigation or some kind of way of watering it with a sprinkler or a 
you know, so you want to have access to a garden hose and access to, uh, you know, uh, some form of water. Uh, yeah, I've actually used water buckets to go out there and water oh, stuff yeah. with until I, until I got a, uh, a hose long enough to go to where I need to go. Yeah. Well, real so quick, that's I, say. I wanna I wanna back up just a minute though because I, okay. I just wanna make back this up. I just wanna make this point because you were talking about you know everything that's in the ground, you know a lot of times you know people would ask why is a homegrown mater so much better than one you get from the store and 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 that's what it gets back to is what's in the soil, what's in the ground, and what's in the air around it, and it's it's taking in all of those flavors all you know all the nutrients everything that is in the ground and and in its surroundings and that's what's giving it flavor and when you start flooding it with all these very harshful chemicals you know sometimes that that's you know it, it can create more problems than than it, it does it good. can create more problems and the other thing is when you're doing it in your yard, you're usually taking it right from the field into the house. Yeah. Uh, when, when it comes out of the field or greenhouse, it may go through four or five more hands before it ever gets to the store. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. You know, that's something that a lot yeah. of people don't realize. And then uh, I actually went to a place where they would bring in green tomatoes from a uh outside source maybe like california or the bahamas or somewhere i don't know you know some somewhere and they would put them in a cooler and gas them things with some kind of pressure gas to turn them red mm -hmm. and that would basically just be to turn them red and then they would put high pressure lights on them kind of to uh to artificially arrive them up that's why they're so hard when you get them in a grocery store if you pick a tomato out of your uh, your backyard or out of a field somewhere, it's sun ripened. If you notice, it's kind of soft and juicy. Mm. And when you cut in, into it, the juice will uh, splurt up out of it. Yeah. When you yeah. cut these out of grocery stores, like cutting into an apple sometimes, it's crunchy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Man. So, so right now with, with folks that are coming that, you know, that are interested in, in this phase two that you're involved in, I mean, what, what are some of the things that you're going through right now to show them uh, and, and walk them through some of the things that uh, to help them in their gardening? Well, the first thing that I started out doing was partnering with the extension services to have one of their agents come in to, uh, to a support group that we do. Uh, and talk to the people about healthy eating and uh, different types of things to plant and listening to what people say that they like. And then I tell them from that point, then you got to figure out how to way to raise it yourself, whether it be on a patio, whether it be in a backyard or how, how big a scale you want to do it. Um, and so kind of in phase, phase one, I planted a fruit tree orchard. And phase two was actually the garden project. And so now I'm going into the garden project now. And I want to stress that people definitely need the proper tools uh, to be able to do their gardening. They need some hand spades. They need some uh, 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 shovels. They need a tiller. They need a lightweight uh, cultivator uh, tiller and a regular tiller to be able to go out and till up that ground so it'd be nice and soft so when you put your your uh, plants in the ground that they'll be able, the roots will be able to spread out in a soft environment. Uh, that's something that that I that I definitely stress. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the right tools, then you can't 
accomplish a successful garden. Then after the, the plants start uh, uh, growing, you've got to do a whole lot of weeding uh, yeah. and pull yeah. out the weeds that grow up. It's kind of like in life. You get a lot of weeds around you, uh, it chokes you down. Mm -hmm. And same thing with a plant. I've watched trees get choked out because the weeds took over and uh, uh, this knocked up. You didn't give the plant an opportunity to get all the nourishment because the yeah. weed took it over. And so that's something you got to be cautious about. And then spraying, like you said, uh, you will have to use some forms of chemicals. But mm -hmm. you, know, I want to try to get by with as less chemicals as possible. There's several things that go into it for sure, and and there's all kinds of, uh, of you know, like you say, videos and other resources of little tricks and and tips that people have to help keep certain bugs away. There's uh, you know, do you get much into what kind of plants go well next to each other or along with one another? Um, you know, I know on larger scale gardens, for example, we used to, when we would plant our corn, because we were limited in space in a few houses we've lived in and yards that we had, we would plant our green beans along with the corn and actually let the green beans grow up the corn stalks. And that's and, a that's a great so, way of doing it. My granddaddy did that uh, uh, years and years ago, and I thought, well, this is a nice, neat way. What? How do these people really do it? Yeah. And according to the Auburn Extension guy, the way you're supposed to go out there and put out poles and let the uh, you know the thing grow up, I said, well, my granddaddy raised some real good green beans right running up the corn stalks. That's, right. said, hmm, that's, that's right. interesting. He didn't he didn't realize about all that. Yeah. I said, I think that's what we ought to do is uh, go back to doing it that, that, that way. He said, yeah, but you'd harvest more if you did it the way I'm telling you. I said, yeah, that's true, but yeah, I'd also yeah. spend a lot more money with labor yeah. in terms of getting enough uh, uh, stops to be able to have it where, you know, because I did. I, we raised... Uh, I want to say about a half acre of pole, pole beans one time, about a half acre of, of tomatoes, or acre or so of corn, tomatoes. We had about 25 acres of different things out there growing yeah. all at one time. and almost went bankrupt because people thought because you had it, it was supposed to be given to them for free. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. They didn't know that it, it was going if they came and picked it themselves, it was going to be, you know, uh, we're going to charge them for it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I'm like, no, we're not in the business. We're giving away food. We're going yeah. to sell this at a reduced price, but give you the opportunity, uh, and the educational experience of actually coming to a farm and picking it yourself. But right. I said, we can right. pick it for you and yeah. have it here for you. If we know what you want. Yeah. And so, uh, but we're kind of in this environment around us where people are lazy and they want everything handed to them. Yeah, for free. I know. Yeah. And uh, they don't want to work for anything. Right. Like, well, if you want to come work for us, we'll make it out where you can get you some free food. And they're like, no, we don't want to work. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that, that's the way it goes a lot of times. Well, uh, and people don't realize all this stuff costs money. I mean, that's you, right. You got to yeah. pay your labor. You got to pay for the seed and fertilizing gas and tractors and all, all the stuff that you got to have on a big scale. But we're talking about just your average person growing something in the backyard. It yeah. can be done. You can do it uh, with the proper tools. And I say the least people you get involved with projects, the better off you are. Because yeah. everybody's. <laughs> Uh, is usually on their own and they, they're going to not show up to help you and you're going to end up doing it by yourself. So my thing is figure out how to start on a small scale mm -hmm. and make it successful. 
Yeah. And then take what you've learned from that. And then if you want to expand, then expand, but keep it simple to where you can maintain it yourself. And you've got bring in excited folks and everybody else in the world. And you've got resources. So you've got the, the Facebook group VIP organization incorporated, right? Yep. Okay. But you also have a face or a, a, um, a website. We have a website and our website is visually impaired people.org visually impaired people.org. And you can go to that website and you can see all the things that the organization has done. We hadn't just done the gardening stuff. We've done uh, low vision uh, support groups. We've done low vision conferences. We've done technology expos. We've done, uh, uh, all kinds of different things of relating to low vision education. And we've done all kinds of things that uh, was would provide recreational opportunities for people with blind and vision impaired and made things accessible on those activities. Uh, yeah. uh, this, for instance, uh, we have a program called Alabama Shakespeare Festival does plays in, uh, in uh, Alabama. I took a group of uh, people that were blind and vision impaired, had never been to a play uh, in a theater that was sit two or three thousand people before, and they was in there watching the Helen Keller uh, story. And when we was there, uh, the 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 people asked us at the theater, "How can we accommodate?" So we're gonna need some guides to help people to their seats, to the bathroom, whatever. That was provided. Yeah, we needed large print programs or in braille. They got that provided. And so I actually had somebody read me the program. Uh, that was blind that could read in Braille. I can't read Braille, yeah, but they yeah. could read Braille. So they was telling me stuff in the dark, what was going on on the plate. <laughs> so <laughs> that's great. Come up. Yeah. And, and I thought, well, that's neat. And mm-hmm. uh, and so that was a that was a way that we tried to come, and we accommodated them with transportation too. We picked everybody up and took them to the play. We had a meal and we came home just like a normal family would. Yeah, yeah. Which is great. So, I mean, you're, you're doing a lot of things there. We dropped there. everybody back off. Yeah. Yeah, we've done a lot of different kind of things. And uh, I do a glaucoma awareness month. Uh, we actually do glaucoma screenings, partnering with a local eye doctor, Dr. Christina Loving Good with Primary Eye Care Center. has uh, been very kind every year to do a free glaucoma screening every year uh, mm-hmm. to create awareness about glaucoma. We're going to try to do some stuff for macular degeneration, diabetic retinopathy, and all these other kind of eye disease because people don't realize if you don't have a if you don't if you don't have a problem with your eyesight uh you don't understand the uh frustrations and limitations society can put on you yeah. and transportation right. is a big big thing of getting around and people are like well, i don't see why you need a driver i'm like well how am i gonna get where i gotta go because everything ain't gonna be delivered to me yeah yeah and and you know and so that's why i go back to the bay well if i want me a peach I need to go out here and be able to pick one off my tree. <laughs> there you go. During, during peach season and freeze them, yeah. you know, uh, so I can make me some peach cobblers throughout the year. Or uh, uh, same thing with uh, apples don't grow good in that area, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, pears are pretty pretty good grower here. And then, of course, blackberries are good. Uh, strawberries is getting popular down here in this area. And that's something else yeah. you can do in your uh, raised beds. You can make your strawberry bed and. Uh, yeah, that's you know, right. Some, some fresh strawberries throughout the the growing season. I think it go yeah. ranges from like April or March. Uh, yeah, usually March, you need April. to usually with strawberries you need to plant the year one year, but it'll be at least one or two before you start 
uh, getting produce from them. Um, you know, yeah. get them, get them a chance to grow and get, get set. And, uh, boy, that next year though, mm, man, that's awesome. Going out and picking strawberries. It is. And the thing about it is too, that you got to make sure that it don't freeze during the free late freeze yeah. and all that kind of stuff too. So be prepared to cover things up. Uh, yeah. So that's yeah. kind of my experience with it is, uh, I've always liked this healthy eating initiative and healthy, uh, uh, you know, uh, fresh fruits and vegetables. I mean, nothing tastes better than a home, the homegrown tomato we talked about, the yeah. corn, and the, we ain't even talked about watermelons. Oh, yeah. So, water, watermelons and cantaloupe were the first thing that I started fooling with, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, as a young man. And I can remember raising those watermelons in a new ground was always the best thing. And when I say yeah. new ground, that means where something had never been planted uh, before. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, and that wow. watermelon be sweet all the way to the rhyme, to the rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's awesome. That's but it's, awesome. Like I said, it's a good recreation. It's good therapeutic, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and it makes you healthy and it makes you feel better about yourself that you was able to go out there and accomplish something. That's the that's the thing that we're trying to uh, to get. And if you're local, lo- lucky enough to have neighbors that like to pitch in and help. Yeah. It provides a social opportunity for all you guys to get together and, uh, you know, uh, exchange stuff. You know, yeah, uh, everybody has a garden, raise yeah. something different, then you could, uh, you know, I'll give you a tomato, give you some tomatoes if you give me some squash, or uh, mm-hmm. I'll give you some uh, pole beans if you give me a watermelon or something. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, and feeling so productive that- is. Not only, I mean, that's just for mental health, right? I mean, feeling productive and yes. what you're doing and accomplishing something and know you've been able to do it independently is just, just a huge, you know, confidence booster. And, and not only does it make you feel productive within yourself, within your family, but then you're motivated to go out and be productive in other ways around other folks as well. That's right. Because if you've got something you can give to somebody else and mm-hmm. maybe they can give something to you. Yeah. Uh, and as we're speaking, uh, a thunderstorm is coming up. Uh, so if you hear thunder in the background, yeah. that's what you're hearing. Uh, <laughs> well, we're, we're getting our afternoon shower. Yeah. Well, we're going to, we're going to, we'll be wrapping it up anyway, but, uh, I just, I definitely want to thank you for coming on and, and real quick, go ahead and give us one more time. The, uh, the Facebook and the, uh, website. Okay. The Facebook page is VIP organization incorporated. And then the website is visuallyimpairedpeople.org. Uh, and, I, and all the contact information is on there mm-hmm. that you can uh, possibly want. I think on the website, you got a telephone number and an email address to uh, to email to me. And I'll be glad to you know, follow up uh, with any emails or phone calls. My voicemail is kind of filled up right now. I got to go in and delete a bunch of yeah, spam yeah. calls that I've been getting, but uh, uh, I do want to uh, clarify that, that I do return my phone calls or emails. And you don't have to and be in Alabama. I, I mean, that's, there's a lot of hands no, on stuff in Alabama, Alabama, but yeah, you can, you'll, you'll help out anybody yeah. with advice and things. Exactly. Anywhere across the country, across the globe, you know, uh, this is not just a Alabama project, uh, you know, this is something that I've been doing, but, uh, you know, I'm quite sure that there's other people across the United States doing the same thing. I know there's all kind of farmers, uh, you know, doing the same thing that I'm doing all across the country. There's extension services, there's ag universities doing the same kinds of uh, 
stuff. The only thing that we're doing anything different is we're blind and visually impaired and that we are using maybe some assistive technology that they wouldn't have thought about using, such as magnifiers, uh, large print rulers, uh, bright colored orange tape to uh, to mark things with, PVZ pipe to, uh, to use as guides, mm -hmm. uh, large print signage, uh, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, I would even use some rope uh, to yeah. to guide people to to where actual project was, you know. Yeah. So there's all there's all kind of ways to figure out how to get things done. Uh, it's just a and bright color hoses. You know, I always say mm -hmm. get you a bright either yellow hose or bright green hose. So when you cut in the grass, you won't cut your hose up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Th having things visible for those with some vision. Uh, big high contrast kind of stuff is is important for sure. Yeah, no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, and and if you needed to put braille on on some stuff, you need to uh, have the ability to braille it so that mm -hmm. if you don't have any sight, you can at least go out on your patio and know where tomato plants were versus your bell pepper plants were. Of course, you right. can feel it and probably tell you know the difference between a bell pepper and a tomato. But but if you're just getting started, yeah, know, exactly. Yep. Awesome. You know, at least you could you could put that braille there uh, with a little tag. Yeah. And uh, and know know that uh, okay, this is a bell pepper plant, or this is a, a hot pepper plant, or because right. uh, you like you said you did ask this question, and I don't mm -hmm. think we went back to it, but you definitely want to uh, not maybe not plant your tomatoes next to your bell your your uh, hot pepper because right. there could be some cross pollinating going on. You yeah. could plant it in the same. Plain, plain, same area, but I don't think I'd put it on the next row. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. And definitely, if you're using uh, some planters or pots, don't don't put those in the same pot together. No, sure. I don't think I would do that, or, or even the same swimming pool. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh man, that's great. Yeah, that's that's some great. Well, advice. I hope I was able to be entertaining in a funny way, but also yeah. in an educational way, because yeah. the main thing is. We want people to see what they can do versus what they can't do. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and you know, uh, you can raise a flower garden, you know, uh, mm -hmm. you know, because, because the way I did mine was instead of using seed, this go around, I use actual plants. So I, that had a bloom on it so I could kind of color coordinate things. Yeah. Uh, some of the plants, you know, that I got were all the same color. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't, I, I didn't have enough varieties of colors that I could mix together. But, um, you know, they still come out looking good. And like I said, you can get those in some uh, pretty cheap plastic Rubbermaid uh, containers that you can get at Dollar General or Walmart. Now, Walmart and Dollar General didn't pay me to say that. but Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> I want to put that out there. But yeah. uh, I'm just trying to show people simple places that you can go pick up this uh you know stuff and now some of these stores uh like like your dollar journals are selling gardening tools yeah and, that's right because i was in, in in my local store here and i saw where they had pruning shears they had uh hose uh but you know you need some good heavy duty uh rakes and stuff like that that would uh yeah. would help you do your weed eating and all that kind of stuff so yeah but anyway, right. I've enjoyed being a part of your podcast, and I look forward to getting a link to it so I can share it out there where people in our era can learn more about what all you're doing as a blind griller because I'm very interested in learning how to grill, and watching yeah. one of your videos has got me even more excited about <laughs> 
getting my grill fired up and yeah. getting started grilling and uh, using some of my vegetables because I, I want to think I saw a video somewhere that somebody was grilling corn. I had never thought oh, about yeah. grilling corn. Have you ever grilled yeah. corn? Oh, absolutely. How would you do that? Yeah, there, there's a few different ways. I mean, you can just – uh, you can throw it directly on the the grate. Um, I actually like to leave it in the husk, you know, peel it peel it back, get all the silk and everything out, and then put the husk back on it, and I'll soak it in water for a few hours. But then before I throw it on the grill, pull back the husk, put butter, salt, and pepper all over it, close it back up the, on the husk all over it, and then I'll throw it on the grill and grill and let that butter just melt, you know, inside that husk all over that corn and um, mm. you know, just let it, yeah, it, it's amazing. It's awesome. So yeah, oh, we, we love like grilled corn. So do you use the uh, big field corn or the, or the, or the sweet corn? Sweet corn. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're using sweet corn. So, yep. Oh, that's, that's what I would like to be able to do. I'd like to be able to do that. And I've never thought yeah. about grilling corn until I saw a, a yeah. video of that uh, last year. I guess it was. I'm like, mm -hmm. I always would just bring it in and put it in a boiling thing of water and boil the thing till it was soft enough to eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can just, you could take and uh, put some uh, butter and salt and pepper on it and then wrap it in foil and then throw it on the on the grill. Uh, and let it cook mm -hmm. inside that foil as well. You know that that you can do it and that way. And it still get the smoke flavor to it. Well, that that'll keep it from getting smoky. But um, you know, but if you you know don't th don't wrap it, then yeah, it, it'll you can get a little smoke flavor to it for sure. Yeah, it's okay. good stuff. We love some grilled corn. Yeah, absolutely. What other types of vegetables have you uh, grilled on your grill? One of my favorites is actually take zucchini and cut it in half long ways. And then just mm -hmm. uh, put a little bit of olive oil or some duck fat spray, duck fat on it, and then uh, sprinkle some salt, pepper, or seasoning on it, and just put it with the flat side down right on the grill and grill up some zucchini. Um, that's mm -hmm. that's awesome. Uh, but other than that, I mean, we do onions. We'll do um, peppers, bell peppers. You know, uh, we'll do. Oh, um, broccoli. Have you, uh, you done? Have you done? Have you done potatoes or Absolutely. sweet potatoes? Yeah, yeah, we've done both. Okay. Um, we'll do potatoes, and and not only will we uh, put potatoes in the smoker, but then what we'll do is we'll take and almost like a baked potato, we'll split it in half, and then dig out everything inside of it, and we'll make like a mashed potato uh, <clears throat> with some little bit of sour cream or some cream cheese and. Um, we'll stuff it back in the potato and top it with some bacon and uh, green green onions and throw it back on the smoker and top it with some cheese and smoke it until that cheese melts on top. And hmm. uh, and so it's like a, a double-baked stuffed baked potato. It, it's, yes, yeah, so we, we do a lot of that kind of stuff. It's good. No now, doubt. if you put, like, pulled pork or chicken in the you, middle of the, of you the, can, of the baked potato? You thing? can, yeah. Yeah, you can, I mean, you can make all, you can be, experiment and be creative with that. We've done pulled pork. We've done brisket, um, brisket bombs, uh, spoke um, with with potatoes, where we've actually cored a potato uh, with, like, an apple core, and then I'll stuff it with brisket and different types of cheese and then throw it on the grill. Um, oh man, you making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it it's it's some it, it's some pretty good stuff and uh 
you know, uh, th- I mean, there's all kinds of ways and all kinds of things. And I, and to be honest with you, something that I think a lot of folks don't realize is how good watermelon is on the grill. Put a slice nah, of watermelon. I, not, I was going to ask you yeah. if you done anything with fruit. I oh, hadn't yeah. seen it, but I was just wondering. Yeah, watermelon, peaches. I mean, you, 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 can, you can grill anything. Um, we'll take apples and we'll core them. And and then cut the bottom so we can kind of cap the, the bottom so there's just a hole down the middle. And then we'll stuff that full of cinnamon sugar and uh, a few other little spices and then throw it on the grill. And basically it's it's almost like its own little enclosed apple pie. <laughs> I mean, it's mm-hmm. little things like that. Yeah, there's all kinds of things you can do with fruit when it comes to grilling. Well, now, what does a watermelon come out tasting like grilled? I have never heard of anybody grilling a watermelon. Yeah, well. Uh, do you leave it in a rhyme or do you cut it off the rhyme? You can do it either way, but if you cut it off and you just kind of grill it, you just, you're just getting some sear marks on it, basically, and it just changes the texture slightly um, and, mm-hmm. and warms it up just a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of folks, you can Google it, but there's a lot of folks out there that make watermelon pizzas. Um, and mm. it's, yeah, they, there's some pretty creative stuff. Um, if you I pickle pineapple pizza, but yeah. a watermelon pizza, watermelon mm. pizza, you can also pickle watermelon rinds and not only do they become really good to eat, but then you can wrap them in bacon and throw them on the grill and a, a pickled watermelon rind wrapped in bacon. Now that, that. That'll make your tongue slap your forehead right there. Now that is some well, good I stuff. Dog. I have not thought about doing that. Uh huh. So yeah. there's more things to do out of a watermelon than just cut the watermelon and eat it <laughs> That's on right. the Fourth of July. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, there's a <laughs> lot more stuff you can do with watermelon. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Some some pretty well, now, good stuff. What What other types of foods do you grill? Uh, that would be like farm to the fork, uh, kind of thing. Uh, would it be like, uh, uh, well, we all know that cows can be used. Oh yeah, and, uh, cows, chickens pork, can chickens. Yeah. Of course, if you deer, they people yep. are big on deer hunting down through this area, so they doing yep. the deer sauces, deer steaks, and all that. But yeah, uh, turkey, uh, rabbit. I mean, you know, it, of course, anything wild or anything you can raise, you can you can eat and you can grill. Turkey, possum. Yeah, I haven't. I personally like hadn't done the possum. Now I've had coon, but I haven't had the possum. So um, that that's something. Hmm, yeah, not not well, sure. Well, <laughs> I, I am not uh, one to uh, you know judge people. But yeah, if you yeah. got to eat a possum, go for it. Uh, yeah, and if you like sure. it, do do what you like to do. But yeah. as long as I can get my way to a grocery store and give me a hamburger <laughs> patty or a hot dog or a, a chicken breast or something like that, uh, I think I'm gonna stay there. I don't want to get get yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, get get into all that wild stuff. Now I'll yeah. say this and joking. One of my drivers was bringing me home one day. And go, hmm, there goes dinner. I'm like, what are you talking about? You see a deer? Oh no, that's a rabbit right there. It is a good size rabbit. I wanna get that rabbit. I oh, said, if yeah. you wanna, if you wanna get that rabbit, if you can catch it, 
you can have it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And I don't think they ever did catch it, but, uh, sure. I was like, well, that's fresh dinner. All right. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, and this was a lady, yeah. you know, and I was thinking, yeah. well, a guy, you know, I can see why he might be interested over a rabbit, but a yeah. lady, uh, I, you don't see many ladies like I want rabbit. <laughs> yeah. 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 Especially wild, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And so that was a that's new awesome. one on me, but I'm like this every day I go out uh is yeah. a learning experience sure. and uh Absolutely. i'm like uh every day is a classroom and there you yeah go. i use my visual impairment to educate people yeah and uh and to promote me and my organization and if i see somebody looking at me funny in a grocery store because i'm holding up something close trying to read it mm -hmm. i'll say hey uh my name's William. What's your name? And they'll tell me what the name is. I said, here's my card. Go on and read about me and my organization on our website, and you'll see why I'm holding this thing up so close trying to see it. <laughs> That's right. Because people will think, well, you something weird about you. You know, yeah. I'm like, well, you know, sure. it's not all about me. You know, you may look weird to me too, but I ain't going to be that obvious and say you look yeah. weird because you got orange hair. <laughs> yeah, That's right. But, yeah. but, uh, but my point being is I, for those that are listening, use every day as an educational opportunity, not only for yourself, but to educate somebody else. Because uh, there's a lot of myths out there about mm -hmm. people that are vision impaired and blind. That's right. And what we want to do is prove to them that they're wrong. You know, when I'd have these school groups come out here uh, and, and visit our family farm, they're thinking, well, he's very impaired. He ain't going to be able to even get, take us on a tour. And I'd be pointing out every day I'm saying to him, I said, now, did I miss anything? Because I'd be pointing out trash cans, uh, water <laughs> fountains, uh, uh, irrigation pipes, uh, hoses, everything to these people on these tours. And they're like, uh, no, no, I don't yeah. think you missed a, a blade of grass. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's my, right. My question is, how bad is your vision? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, but, uh, and I'm like, well, it is what it is. And yeah. I would tell them exactly what I can see. But I said, y'all got to remember, I'm out here every day. Mm -hmm. So I see all this stuff or hear about all this stuff every day. Yeah. But everybody does not. And so, Absolutely. But I hope I've answered all your questions and you've answered a lot of my questions. And I appreciate yeah. that opportunity for me to become educated about grilling. And we've took uh, basically from the field to the grill. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right, man. Uh, that's right. Right. That's a uh, farm to table, you know, farm to fork, as you put it. That's awesome. I love that saying. And, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's what we strive to do. No doubt about it. William, thanks again farm for coming to on. The grill. Yeah, yeah, farm to the grill to the to the fork. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again. I really appreciate it and enjoyed having you on for sure. Well, I've enjoyed this too, and we'll have to do it again as we uh, come up with different ideas, uh, with different projects. Uh, yeah. Maybe you have me back on, and uh, uh, like I said, I, I want to cross promote what you're doing mm -hmm. because I think it would help my audience be able to know about other things. Uh, uh, that are out there too. And yeah. uh, the mix sure. between uh, uh, being blind, vision impaired, and grilling, and grilling with a grill with charcoal and yeah. fire, or grilling with a with a propane tank and all that kind of stuff. So yep. we'll, uh, uh, if you come up with videos on it, let me know. I'll, I'll be glad to post them on our page. All right. Well, thanks again, man. I really do appreciate it. All right. Yes, sir. And goodbye, goodbye to your audience. Yeah. And like I said, study, study up on us at visuallyimpairedpeople.org and VIP Organization Incorporated on Facebook. Absolutely. 
Friends and All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in to the Blind the Grilling Experience. You got questions about things that are going on or uh, maybe you missed something with our interview here with uh, with Mr. Bowman, shoot us an email, blindgrilling at gmail.com, blindgrilling at gmail.com. And remember, folks, if you're looking, you ain't cooking. When life wants to tear us apart, barbecue no matter the under the sun of the stars fire is burning the world keeps turning don't worry what you gotta do because if you're looking you ain't cooking fire up the barbecue fire up the barbecue